I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 113. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. It's Scott Peckford from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Scott Bentley of Premier Mortgage. He's based out of Halifax. He's been in the mortgage business for 15 years. And we have a fantastic conversation. A couple things that I took away. He shares his experience using mailers to build his business and how it didn't work for him. He also shares about how now he's using video testimonials in his marketing and the type of uh, response he's getting from his clients. And he talks about something he calls the Paycheck Protection Plan, which he markets to his realtors. And I think it's a brilliant concept. Uh, a quote that he had said to me, which I absolutely loved was it's all vapor until it's on paper which is just about this idea that if it's not in writing you don't have anything so it's a fantastic interview i think you're going to enjoy it check it out and this episode is sponsored by the career section of the i love mortgage brokering site the career section of i love mortgage brokering allows brokers who are trying to decide where to hang their license to connect with brokerages in their area that are currently hiring it's kind of like a dating service for brokers and owners if you're a broker looking at trying to figure out where to hang your license you go put in your postal code and you can compare companies looking at how many agents do they have what lenders do they have staff with they have office space essentially all the things you need in order to decide okay is this person maybe i should have a conversation with them so check it out at ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash careers to find your perfect match and check out this interview with scott i think you're gonna love it hey scott welcome to the show hey thank god thanks for having me so can you just tell me a little bit about how you got into the mortgage business because no one you know in kindergarten says hey when i grow up i want to be a mortgage broker so i just want to hear your story of how you found this industry I love that question, Scott. Uh, maybe I'll be the first to buck the trend. Uh, you know, when I was five or six, I actually made up my mind that I wanted to be involved in real estate finance as my chosen profession. I'm actually the son of a lifelong banker, and finance industry seemed to be a natural progression for me. After studying a career in the IT industry, I, I quickly realized that it wasn't for me. So my foray into the actual mortgage business and mortgage origination business was a little bit by happenstance and timing. Believe it or not, I, I met a young fella at the uh, parking lot of a, of a fitness facility, a gym, and we got chatting, and they were starting up a small mortgage brokerage at the time and thought it may be a good fit, and all it took was a uh, give it a try. So shortly after that, I was, I was hooked. So you're a son of a banker who said, hey, I want to I want to be like dad, but I want to do lending. And then this opportunity came up in a parking lot. So where were you? And then sort of what was that first year like? Well, I came out of a, uh, a role as a, uh, an IT or a business consultant uh, with IBM, uh, obviously a large multinational and thought the role wasn't suited for me and, and made a change. The first foray into the mortgage business actually started in uh, Columbus, Ohio, of all places. So you were doing mortgages in the U.S.? Uh, yeah. In the earlier days, uh, there was some IT work to be done with this uh, with this company and then uh, that, that progressed into uh, some learning and knowledge of the mortgage space. And from there, uh, some mentorship with the, uh, the owners of the company. So I got to learn the ropes with the mortgage industry um, uh, in the early days, I would say, of the, the refinance uh, ramp up in the United States. So. Right. And then, so then you come to Canada and when did you come to, how long have you been uh, in the lending business in Canada? So I moved back to, uh, to Halifax in the end of 2004, uh, beginning of 2005. When I moved back, it was a move into a role with Home Loans Canada. So it's a division of CIBC, as most people know. When I came back, it was uh, starting from scratch, of course. So I was uh, originating mortgages with new handshakes and, and meet and greet, a little bit of networking and reaching into some contacts that I had previously when I lived here before. Mm-hmm. 
And then, so how did you find coming in? So you, you grew up in Halifax, so you at least had a network there? I did, yes. I grew up here uh, through uh, junior high, high school and university and went to school at uh, St. Mary's University for a commerce degree, business, finance as part of the background. What got me into the IT industry is that at that time, coming out of school, it was the, uh, the thing to do, I guess, as your, your first career. What I realized was finance was uh, certainly better suited for me. Was this pre like Y2K that this happened? or I'm kind of I'm kind of dating you now, so, or was it right after Y2K? Y2K that you got into the tech biz. Yeah, that's right. It was right around the uh, the Y2K time frame for the, the hiring. A lot of the IT companies were were hiring, and I had pinpointed uh, IBM as a place that I wanted to work. And uh, lo and behold, they recruited me out of school. I started that role in the Great Lakes South region, which was Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And um, yeah, it's, so anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know what Y2K is, just look it up on Wikipedia. If you're too young to be like, what is Y2K? <laughs> when we thought the world was going to end, basically, and it, it didn't. Um, Okay, cool. So then before we dive into your story, I always like to ask about a success quote that's had an impact on you. I love how quotes are portable, they're memorable, and you can use them. For me, I use it like a compass to keep me on track. So can you share a quote that's really had an impact on your life or business? Yeah, you know, uh, Scott, after listening to so many of the podcasts on the show, I uh, I love this question. You know, there's certainly no shortage of inspirational quotes out there that people can grasp onto or resonate with. Two of the ones that I want to share with you actually from the trenches of everyday business that resonate with me. Uh, one comes actually from my first mentor in the mortgage business, and he used to say, uh, it's all vapor until it's on paper. Uh, in other words, less talking, more doing. Uh, cl- take on the classic, talk it cheap, and let the results speak for themselves. And the other, um, it's been popping up lately. It, it was actually uh, reading uh, the memoir and interview with Robert Herjavec, uh, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. And mm-hmm. He was quoting Mark Cuban, and he, he says, every day someone wakes up with the sole intention of kicking your ass. And for anyone who's competitive, that's a bit of a rallying cry, in my opinion. So those two quotes, although not as philosophical or, or um, big inspirational, big picture, inspirational they're uh, really in the trenches quotes that we use in our office okay so the, i like the second one by mark cuban well they're both great but the second one so how does that like influence you when you get up in the morning and you're does it like keep you going how do you apply it i guess is the question i'm asking yeah, it's a great fit in, in our world. You know, we strive to be the best in the industry and in, in our region and get ourselves on the map in terms of uh, potential business partners and clients. And then what we find is that uh, as we've taken a sort of number one sales slot in the uh, in the area, uh, a lot of people gun for that spot. So it's one thing to get to a, a top sales position and certainly another thing to stay there. So waking up with a purpose every day and, and suiting up, showing up and repeating that every single day is something that we, we try to do here. So you guys are the number one in your marketplace, uh, or you, you're chasing that? I think within the uh, you know within the organization, uh, Premier Mortgage Center uh, currently sitting in that spot. And if you were to to follow CMP, for example, they they may point to similar figures. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you're being humble. Is what you're saying? Well, I don't want to say that I'm <laughs> awesome, but we're doing we're pretty awesome. But you're right. It's getting there is one thing, but then it's like sometimes it's easy to be like, ah, oh, you know, we're you start to coast, and so good for you to like get up every day and earn it. Like I, I remember hearing someone tell me once that when you're self-employed, you start every day unemployed, basically, and you have to get to work every day, right? Like there's no no coasting. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's very easy to uh, take your foot off that throttle and, and as you say, coast along and, you know, certainly time to reward yourself, whether that's a, a well-deserved vacation or, or something like that. But you have to be conscious of the fact that if, if you're not working uh, necessarily uh, on the business and the business can slow down. 
Right. Uh, somebody will be working on their business that will, you know, I don't want to make it seem like it's a zero sum game, but it's just good to be motivated and get up. And, and then even if you just think, okay, maybe now the mortgage brokers, because mortgage brokers, we get maybe 30%, depending on where you are, of market share. So seven out of 10 customers are walking into their banks, really, where the banks are who we are competing with for the most part. That's what we find, you know, and if we're ever in competition, it generally is to, um, and I can narrow it down to one or two of the brand in terms of the bank presence here that uh, that we compete against but generally don't find too much competition once we've had a chance to to sit down and, and go through a proper session with our clients right no that's good so i want to ask about failure i know that talking to successful mortgage brokers entrepreneurs failure is something that just happens but there's always a lesson in it when you look back so can you share something that you failed at and then the lesson that you learned yeah scott i tell you what i i don't like the word failure um i, I look at it more as a learning experience mm-hmm. uh, the word failure is certainly a negative connotation but but as learning experiences certainly every day there's something but if i were to look uh, uh look back and take a broader look at the uh, past it would be as entrepreneurs we're fantastic at coming up with ideas there's certainly no shortage of it but there's a lot of shortage on execution mm-hmm Totally agree. There's so many ideas. You could probably circle back through some uh, notepads and, and uh, journal books where we've written down these ideas we want to start. And one simple example, video, implementing video into our uh, marketing or client experience was something we actually talked about, built a framework and started in 2009 and didn't do anything with it. You know, we, we had some big plans, great intentions, and recently uh, just started doing some, I feel, very well-produced client testimonial videos that uh, we're getting some rave reviews from you know, client. People have seen it. They're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's an idea. If we had done that five, six, seven years ago and continued with that process, we'd have a library uh, just like your interviews on uh, I Love Mortgage Brokering. Yeah. And, and, you know, consistency, whatever it is, whether it's blogging, videoing, podcast, like I can tell you everything is about consistency. If you stick with it long enough, there's like a compounding effect that happens. And I noticed it even in the download numbers of our show. Like we went my first month, we did 181 downloads. And so and I was like, wow, like I actually didn't think anybody was going to listen to it. And then a couple months ago, we were at 7,500 downloads. And so that's just staying with it. And so I, I totally agree with your video stuff, you know, now that you guys have started it. So how long have you been doing the, the videos and what's the frequency that you're putting them out so we actually uh, fairly recently started that started with uh, one client in particular he was adamant that he would do a uh, testimonial video for us so uh, rather than doing it with an iphone or a camera myself i did hire somebody to to properly capture that and do the editing so the post edit work looks great subsequently a great client of ours and also happened to be a financial planner that we do a lot of business with he uh, he was keen on doing one as well and i feel both products came out nicely so we actually now have a, a list of people that are ready and willing to do so it's a matter of lining up the uh, the actual production and, and the film work to get those going. So we're uh, it's new to us, but as you mentioned with the numbers on the podcast, it's, a, it's an inspiration to keep consistent. Yeah. And um, so now where are you sharing those? So these videos that you're creating, how do you get those out to your clients in the marketplace? Yeah. So we actually use a couple of different things for follow-up. Fairly recently, corporately, we've gone to Tenada as a CRM platform. Uh, internally uh, with our team, we use MailChimp for uh, for follow-up email. So we've got a, uh, a fairly deep database of clients. We've uh, sent that video out to them. And then, uh, of course, Facebook and, and sharing. So one in particular, uh, you know, it, it would reach about 15,000 people on a, on a friend-to-friend basis and generated lots of great comments and feedback. So mm-hmm. clients that have come in have actually seen the video. It, it's something that they're now talking about. Right. What we'll do is uh, we'll put a link in the show notes so that if anybody's listening, they can go check it out if that's okay with you and check out the video. Because I'm sure, is it on YouTube or where do you guys host it? We use Vimeo. I, I happen to like the uh, you know production quality of uh, Vimeo from a video platform standpoint. 
Yeah, I actually I do too. I like the fact that there's no ads that get fed at the end of your video. It's not like there's all these competing ads that get fed. That's right. Our, our approach, uh, you know, we're, we're not looking necessarily for the uh, for the SEO or, or top of search feature. Uh, majority of our clients come from past clients, either repeat or past client, and then the remainder come from a few tight net partners. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I want to switch gears and ask you about systems and processes. I know that anybody who builds, you know, 15 years in the mortgage business and is successful, like you guys are, you have to have systems and processes. Things don't just you know, show up and hope for the best. And I specifically want to ask about an administrative process that maybe was not working the way you wanted and then a change that you made and then the outcome that you got. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, in, in terms of my personal production, I learned many years ago that if you want to grow this, think of this and operate this as a business versus chasing a commission check. You, you have to operate it in a business manner. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was not wearing all hats. You know, in the early days, everybody starts out uh, by doing the, the origination piece, which is ultimately and really what we're paid to do is to find the business. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you're doing the application intake, you're doing the consultation, you're doing the processing, the underwriting, the uh, follow-up, closing and post-closing, all as one person. And so what we've done is streamlined efficiency. Uh, you know, when I first started, I also worked from a home office. And funny story, it was a July afternoon, very hot, and I was making a call to a client, and a cat came in and jumped up on the desk and dropped a, uh, a squirrel on my desk. That's, here you go. Is it your cat or someone else's? <laughs> it, it was ours. It was ours. He was a great little hunter. and He was just being, hey, be proud of me. Look what I did. <laughs> he came in and dropped it on my desk. And that was a, a pivotal moment saying, well, I can't really work from home efficiently. And we quickly found out setting up in a proper and professional office space was uh, was crucial. That's years back. So we own our own office space. Uh, 95% of our meetings occur in our office. Mm-hmm. We set it up to be... Uh, the anti-bank, if you will. So we, we've got four club chairs at uh, two and two facing each other, and we have an open dialogue, open conversation. Use the iPad and Apple TV module to pop the, the application up on the big screen TV. We walk through it together. We show them uh, transparently everything they, uh, the underwriter would see, they see as well, and show them how that works. We, we make it a bit of an educational process. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the administrative piece, we also uh, strive to have every application in hand prior to any formal strategy session or meeting. Mm-hmm. And we do that to, you know, eliminate or take away the clumsy data entry point. You know, when you're sitting with a client and you're, you're just starting off an application, we point this to the efficient use of their time, most importantly, and ours. So we're able to meet our clients and, and actually go through strategy pertinent to them as opposed to uh, setting up multiple follow-up meetings for the same purpose. Okay, so a couple questions on that. What do you say to your clients to get them? Because maybe there's brokers listening. I mean, I do the same thing. We don't. I don't want to meet unless I have your info because I have no idea where you are. But what do you say to your prospective clients who are like, "Hey, I want. To, I just want to come in and meet you," and you're like, um, "I want you to fill out this application first or get the application." So how do you how do you like steer them in that direction? Yeah, you know, a lot of people have, have different ways of viewing this, and, and uh, some people will use a dating analogy, right? You, you know, you can't just meet somebody and jump into the date. You, you've got to talk and build a relationship, and, and we do that rapport building generally over the phone. But I will say the ice is always broken, for the most part, with our referral partners. So a good portion of the time we spend is uh, follow-up with past clients, but most importantly, uh, staying in close touch with our um, affinity partners or, or business relationships. So if we're using a realtor, for example, they're pre-positioning the clients in most cases is to, uh, you know, expect to, to have a meeting with us. So that expectation is somewhat set. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking to the client, the, 
the application process piece uh, never seemed to be uh, an objection, but really what we're saying is we're positioning that to, we understand their time is very valuable. They're often looking to meet with us in and around their work schedule, whether that's on a lunch break or taking some time off through an afternoon or just after work. Having the data entry taken care of up front is certainly respecting their time by taking care of that prior to. And when we're sitting down, we're actually going through their specific scenario and file, position that in, in a framework to them, whether that's by email or telephone. We very rarely have any resistance to, to getting that application up front. Right. And then it sounds like one of the things you do is you actually walk them through the Phylogix app. Do you show them their numbers and ratios and stuff? That's exactly what we do. We go through it uh, essentially in sequence. So here's the information you provided. You'll see how it's broken down. This is a system that our lenders underwriters, they'll see the exact same information, uh, walk them through, show them how any uh, potential changes to the liability side have an impact, uh, say, on multiple properties, how the rental calculations factor into uh, play in today's underwriting world. And then in, in some cases, you know, the, the credit file, they have some questions. We'll go through that on a line-by-line basis uh, just so they uh, can see if there may be any errors and omissions uh, or questions that they want to uh, clarify. Right. You know, that's something I picked up. I don't know. One of the interviews that I'd done, someone had said, and I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. And I have found that taking the time to walk them through their application, in particular, when there's a challenging point or there's some some issue and showing them, then it makes them kind of believe you more instead of going, well, I don't like what you told me and I'm going to go get a second opinion. It's like, oh, it's sort of like if a mechanic says, yeah, I need to fix this under your hood. But if you by opening up the Phylogix app, it's like lifting the hood and saying, here, look, this piece here, this is broken or this is what we need to do. And then they go, OK, I get it. And now, you know, what are my options versus not kind of keeping it hidden? And then they don't really understand that you may explain it to them, but they don't really understand why they can't get what they're asking for. So I found that to be extremely beneficial. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. That's uh, that's exactly what we find on our end. Yeah, awesome. So I want to switch and ask you about marketing and sales. So same thing, this is on the, that's kind of on the admin side, but on the marketing and sales side, uh, successful brokers have systems and processes. And so can you share something, either a marketing initiative you did or a sales uh, initiative that wasn't working and then a change you made in the outcome that you got? Yeah, when I first moved back, and this actually resonated from a recent interview you did, Smythe, he, uh, he indicated that he did a grassroots movement. He, he would sit outside the Home Depot to uh, meet up with certain trade people. In my case, just getting my feet wet again, I, I came back to Halifax and quickly started penning an article. So it was an advertorial, call it what it is, but it was an advertorial. Uh, I put an ad in, they gave me some space to write a, an article. And, and at the time, debt consolidation, you know, refinances for debt consolidation was a very easy and quick turnaround. I would pen an article, put in a specific scenario with a uh, numbers breakdown, and then I would take that same article, make a copy of it, and I would literally take a Sharpie and handwrite, hey, thought you find this interesting, uh, Scott. And then I would go run off a thousand copies of that, and then I would use Canada Post on address ad mail, and I would just do a drop in my own uh, direct neighborhood. And every single time I did it, it actually resulted in uh, in a deal or two. And what we found is some some people, neighbors, friends, they'd see it, hey, thanks for dropping that in the mailbox. And it looked personalized because of the handwritten component, but it was mass dropped and it resulted in uh, some refinance generation. So that was uh, something that worked, but it was, it was a lot of labor involved in that. So it wouldn't be something efficient to do nowadays, but at the start, it worked well for us. Another thing was a number of years ago, the registry of deeds was accessible. In the early days, you could go into the registry of deeds and, and search by book and research uh, you know, mortgages and renewals back then. And then that system became electronic. Uh, there was a way which you could essentially solicit uh, mortgages that you knew were coming, identify mortgages that were registered four and a half years ago and, and look to uh, solicit those. And a lot of people did that business. It was quick refinance business. 
we created some crafty marketing pieces that uh, that came from the U.S. style marketing. Some people may have thought it was a little brash and bold for for uh, us conservative Canadians, but it worked enough that you know in some cases we would identify the lender and. Uh, when I, I wouldn't name names, institution names, but when I received a uh, cease and desist letter from, from a big uh, blue and yellow bank, it obviously told me that this was working and catching some attention. Right. That's awesome. And <laughs> it's interesting, though, like you, the, the key thing here is that some marketing strategies will work, you know, 10 or 15 years ago that don't work today. So how are you? You obviously now have a big database. So how are you marketing to your database or what things are you doing to stay top of mind with your current clients? Yeah, so uh, a good portion of our database, uh, Scott, stemmed from being a specialist or, or covering out a niche and, uh, a few years ago. That was rental properties. Up, uh, a few years ago, we were, we were probably about 50, 55% rental property focus. So a lot of our clients, it was an easy way to generate multiple transactions because, of course, you were helping someone grow a portfolio and you dealt with the same client, but maybe you dealt with them five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Mm-hmm. So those transactions were, were essentially automatic when they found the right and suitable property and they had the down payment and money secured. Now, back then, if you could do so with... Uh, zero down or 5% down a number of years ago. It was quite easy. You just had to find something that was cash flow. Fortunately, in Halifax, there were a number of those properties available. Your marketplace, maybe not so much. But when we look at our client database now, about 55% of that comes directly from either repeats, where we're doing mortgages for existing clients, or it's a referral from those clients. So we stay in touch with them uh, by way of uh, newsletters. We do, obviously, the renewal reminders. Don't sign that until we review it. But the most important for our business today is actually uh, aligning with some key top-producing realtors and financial planners. Mm-hmm. So reputationally, I think our, our name is, is strong enough locally that some some of them are actually seeking us out to uh, to assist or in some cases save the day on a transaction. Right. But more importantly, they view themselves as the best in, in their market, and obviously we would like to uh, strive to be the best in our market. So working together seems to be a, a, a magic fit. So how do you stay top of mind with your you know, these real estate top real estate agents and key referral partners? Well, some of it, uh, I mean, really old-fashioned, face-to-face, and that might be getting together for uh, a lunch meeting or a strategic chat, see where we are, uh, hold each other accountable as well. So if there's a way that we can assist them in growing their business, uh, oftentimes the point of origination for a realtor, for example, if we have a realtor that is uh, representing a new construction product, the point of origination is often that walk-in that comes into their model home. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't necessarily have the resources to sit in our model home side by side during our working hours. But what we can do is make sure that, you know, we're a strong ally and partner for them. And then we meet with them, meet with the builder. They generally will have our material or contact details on hand and, and oftentimes we'll facilitate a joint email introduction. Mm-hmm. But staying in touch with them and doing, uh, you know, working with them on some marketing pieces, whether that might be signage, we do have some plans for uh, for some upcoming video, so so keep an eye out for that. But just staying in touch with them and ensuring that we're when we can reciprocating, we're providing some uh, business back. But most importantly, uh, and something we've coined here in our office is the the PPP or Paycheck Protection Plan. Uh, so most realtors know that deal with us. They know that if a deal can be done, we're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And if it can't be done, it likely can't be done. Right. So if we aren't able to do it, there's been numerous times where a file may have been passed over. I'll use an example of a realtor who has had an alliance with one specific bank. And, and count on uh, my hand here, there were actually three transactions in the last two months that were dealing with that bank. One, in fact, came from that bank as a quote-unquote pre-approved buyer. Uh, they get under agreement. The deal goes back to that bank, and lo and behold, they were not able to get it done. 
mm-hmm. the file comes our way and we were able to place it with one of our partners and he had a, cl- a successful closed transaction. We have a very happy client and uh, that shored up the, the relationship stronghold. Right. Paycheck protection plan. That's brilliant. So I'm going to switch to the rapid fire questions. You can answer these with shorter answers if you like. What's the one thing think holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? <laughs> if I were to uh, think of the one thing, it's, it's knowing your worth and letting go. Stop wearing all the hats in the mortgage process. Mm-hmm. And what one thing or habit things made you successful? Suit up, show up, do the right things and repeat. It sounds like Dustin Woodhouse. <laughs> that's like something he'd say. So you're like the Dustin Woodhouse. Of- I did read his book recently. That's a great, uh, that's a great book, by the way. And, and uh, looking forward to the next two that come out. Yeah, they're going to be good. So do you have an internet resource or a software program you use to make your business more successful? Um, the ones I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, the uh, CRM piece, we're, we're slowly getting into a customized Tenada platform. But MailChimp is something that we use for our emailers. They're great little templates and, and tracking piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And then if you had a book other than Dustin's book, so shout out to Dustin, but it would be what book would you recommend for our listeners? Sure. My fallback uh, and, and the one that I always tell people when they ask this question is uh, High Trust Selling by Todd Duncan. It's mm, a good one. Yeah. And where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? Uh, specialization. You know, I think we do have, and, and it's very clear and evident now, the two camps. So it's a full service uh, brokerage model, full service offering, and then there's the online discount uh, approach. I clearly fall into the full service. And for me, I, I do believe in the face-to-face piece and then offering, you know, the added value, solving problems and being a long-term advisor. Mm-hmm. So if you could specialize the current niche uh, to grow your business, rental properties was one that I mentioned earlier. If you, if you happen to be... Um, we used to use another acronym around here called OLM, which is Optimum Liability Management. And that's something that we would do with financial planners, uh, show how they can continue to manage the uh, the asset side of the balance sheet, but entrust us to do the liability side of the balance sheet, therefore making their job much easier and, and the client's uh, long-term financial plan much more sound. That's really good. You have, you have some good little catchphrases or marketing. So last question, one of my favorites, a DeLorean. Remember the movie Back to the Future? <laughs> sure do. And so if I could put you in the DeLorean, send you back 15 years, and you could sit down and give yourself three pieces of advice so that your business will be bigger and you know better today, what three things would you tell yourself? Uh, Scott, I fancy myself as a bit of a car guy, so I don't know if I would get in a DeLorean. Those things were notoriously problematic and unreliable, but... <laughs> But if it could travel in time, like what the heck? If I could go back in time, three things. Focus on the mortgage origination as a business, not as a paycheck. Okay. So set up set up that professional office from the get-go. Hire help sooner. So get rid of the word assistant. That's just my opinion. I, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I feel that's a bit of a subservient title. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, focus on building an, a, a business and partnership so they're valuable contributors in your business. Right. And three, and, and probably most important, is let go of non-income producing activities. Right. So don't stand in front of the fax machine, the scanner. Uh, don't chase pay stubs. Those things you can hire for. Mm-hmm. You should be doing face-to-face sales with your client and, more importantly, with your uh, your center of influence and business partners. Right. That's so good. That's awesome. Well, hey, Scott, man, I really appreciate it. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find us on our website, Think Bentley, T-H-I-N-K. B-E-N-T-L-E-Y.com. Awesome. And anybody listening can check out the show notes, video that we talked, the videos we talked about at I love Scott, man, I really appreciate your time today and I hope you continue to crush it. Uh, thanks very much for having me, Scott. And uh, glad we're, uh, we're reaching the tentacle to the East coast here. Yes. I got, we got to get more. I'm, my family's actually from Newfoundland originally, so I need to get more East coast brothers and sisters on the show. That's great. 
Thanks for tuning into the Island Mortgage Brokering Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Also, if you take two minutes to rate the show, you will get three new deals before the end of the week. How do I know this? Actually, I don't know, but we'd really appreciate if you write an honest review. It would help us out a lot. Also, if you go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com, you can join our VIP club for mortgage brokers, and we send tips and tricks, stuff that doesn't get shared on the show. Sometimes some of the best ideas come when the recorder's turned off. If you want to get access to that stuff, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP and get on the list. 